Well, dear brothers and sisters, we are continuing in our meditations for in our preparation to come to the table of the Lord. We are still in Psalm 37, and we will be for a few more weeks. I'd like to read uh, five verses, verses 25 through 29. So if you look uh, in the Word to Psalm 37, verses 25 through 29. Psalm 37, verses 25 through 29. I have have been young, and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. O Lord, thank you. As we look at these blessings, may our hearts rejoice greatly and praise you. Prepare our hearts to come to your table, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So these weeks we've been looking at blessings and uh, blessings on the righteous, and in the Geneva Study Bible, the subtitle, it, it says, The Heritage of the Righteous, which is a great way to put that. The blessings and the heritage of the righteous, and then there's a great contrast between those who are walking, seeking to walk in righteousness, which they can only do because of the imputed righteousness of Christ and the power of the Spirit. But then there's the contrast with the wicked. And again, in the Geneva Study Bible, the uh, subtitle is The Calamity of the Wicked. Yes, they have great calamity. Those who do not obey the law of God and will not obey it. So there are ten blessings here. I'll go through these fairly quickly. Ten blessings from these five verses. First of all, verse 25 says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. So, the blessing here is when, for the righteous, is when they do reach old age, whatever that is, and they will have experienced, they will have seen the covenantal blessings promised to the people of God, the heritage of the people of God. Now, old is a relative term. I suppose some people would say, I am old. Now, I personally don't feel that way. And I find that out every year on my birthday uh, when I think, well, this last birthday, I, I just said, hey, 67 is the new young. That's the, you know. And I got to thinking about that even as we're singing and praising here, and that I believe it's the cumulative effect and joy of worshiping these many years with you dear people. I don't feel old. I, don't, I know my outward man is is perishing and feels old sometimes. In fact, four weeks ago in my surgery, uh, I kind of did feel old at that point. But otherwise, I don't feel old. Uh, but I thank you for asking uh, kindly how I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing uh, much better. And uh, the Lord gives strength. But praise God, my inward man is being renewed day by day. And so this old guy is feeling younger in many ways in my heart and in my soul. It's all by God's grace, of course. But here, David is saying, he had a lengthy time to look back, and he was rejoicing, and he was giving thanks for the blessing of the Lord over many years, and uh, to see the blessing of the Lord on descendants, on descendants, on, on the people of God. And I've shared this several times. Ecclesiastes 5, this version that I memorized it in, says, uh, Solomon said, 
He, this, this kind of man, trusting in the Lord, he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. He won't remember much. He'll come to old age, but he's just plain too busy enjoying the Lord and remembering that to remember much of the trials. And certainly there are those. And certainly there are tears. But God blesses the righteous in this way. So may we bear fruit in old age, according to Psalm 92 here. And be fresh, or the verse there says, full of sap with energy to serve the king. May we, as we age here, be more and more like that. May we be flourishing and vibrant like green plants and alive in our heart. This is one of the great blessings of the Lord, the first one here, uh, on his people. Matthew Henry said, some say that this promise here, this part right here, relates especially to those that are charitable to the poor, that they are blessed because of their charity. In other words, that David never observed anyone uh, who brought themselves to poverty by their charity. They gave, and the Lord blessed them. Proverbs 11 tells us, there is one who scatters, you know, he scatters broadly, yet increases even more. He scatters and he, he increases even more. And there is one who withholds, though, more than is right, and that leads to poverty. So the generous soul, it says, will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered. This is the promise here. Second blessing, that the righteous will know the security and the assurance that the Lord will never forsake his people. Verse 28. In some versions that, where it says his saints, it's called the faithful ones. Hebrews 13.5 tells us that we should let our conduct be without covetousness. We should not covet. We should be content with such things. For he himself has said, the Lord God himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. From Deuteronomy 31. The third blessing is that they will live by promise. They'll live by promise. Not in the flesh. They'll live by promise that the Lord will bless them and will provide for them. And they won't see their children or their posterity in poverty having to beg bread, which is a daily necessity. They won't be brought to that situation. The promise of Psalm 37, verse 19, as we saw several weeks ago, said, in the days of famine, they, the righteous, the people of God here, shall be satisfied, even in the days of famine. The Lord is one who has promised. Well, next, verse 26 says, he, that is the righteous, is ever merciful and lends. And the emphasis there is all the time, daily. He's ever, always merciful and lends. And his descendants are blessed. So the fourth promise is, the righteous, the descendants of the righteous also will be blessed. And then they will be able to be generous even more so and to lend freely with giving and cheerful hearts. Verse 19 also said, a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. The wicked may be wealthy, some. Many of them together might be. But a little that the righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. It's much better, in fact, than the riches of the wicked because it's used for the glory of God and to increase the kingdom and to help many people. Verse 21 in this psalm says, the wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. 
And we saw in verse 7 that the righteous don't have to fret. And they shouldn't fret because of him who prospers in his way. Those who seem to be prospering, who look prosperous, that does not need to bother this man, these people at all. They know the end of the riches of the wicked and that those riches will flow to the righteous, to the people who call upon the Lord God. The fifth blessing, they will see that their children, their descendants, will bless many other people around them. They will be of great blessing to other people, which is a great blessing for that generation to see. See their own children being, rise up and be a blessing. And they know the end of the riches of the wicked, too, that they will flow to the righteous again. And they know that their children and their children's children will be a blessing. We prayed for that this morning for Berechiah. Prayed in faith that he will be a blessing. And the saints in the land will have a great positive influence on the land and on our culture. So we sang from Psalm 34 this morning. Verse 9 said, O fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want or lack to those who fear him. The Lord prospers those who fear him. And there is no lack of what they need. The next promise, verse 27 says, it's a command, but there's a related blessing. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. We saw in verse 3 of Psalm 37, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Stay there. These people will desire and will be able by God's grace in Jesus Christ to heed this commandment. They will heed it. They will turn from evil by the power of the Holy Spirit and instead they will do good. This is done in the Spirit by faith. It's a gift of faith by the grace of God. They will have the desire, in fact, to do the will of God, to, to will and to do for his good pleasure. And coming to the table, this time of communion is a means. Again, we've already been blessed once to see a means of grace. And this means of grace enables us to apply this, to depart from evil and to do good. The seventh blessing is that they will dwell in the land. They will live in it, they will prosper, and they will gradually take dominion of it, and they have an eternal dwelling. Verse 28 says, For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The eighth promise, they will have known the love of God for them. They will, know, they will have known, they will have seen so clearly his justice as a blessing to them as those justified by him and as those who are growing in just actions, in righteous actions, in Christ-likeness. And they too will love justice as their heavenly Father loves justice. And then the ninth blessing, again, is the assurance that the Lord will not forsake his own. He will never forsake his own. Dear family, you will not be cast off. You cannot be cast off in the Lord Jesus. He will in no way cast you out. His plan is to preserve you and protect you and to bless you and your descendants. And you will see, and your descendants will see, the wicked cut off, it says here. Finally, verse 29, the 10th blessing. It says, the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. So this promise is repeated. It's repeated to have it sunk into our heads that the people of the Lord will take dominion. And our descendants will occupy for the Lord Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we have an eternal inheritance. It's seven times in this, the word inherit or inheritance is, we are blessed to read that. And we are reminded of that. 
So rejoice as you come to the table now. Rejoice in his promised blessings. There are many more than these 10. Rejoice in them as you partake of this table, this remembrance of the cost of these blessings that you have by the Lord on the cross. Let's pray. Lord, we indeed are in awe and should be, and we are humbled that you would bless us so greatly and give us such an inheritance. And it's all by your grace. We could not have earned it or even sought it. We didn't seek it on our own. Lord, we rejoice in your grace as we come to your table, as we commune with you now. Another great blessing for your saints to commune with you in this way. May our hearts, Lord, be thankful for all these blessings which we know only through the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we give you all thanks and praise in his name. Amen.